Okay, I'm going to invite you to return to your seats. Thank you, thank you. Well done. Okay, just a couple of announcements and then we'll go to prayer. Uh, just a reminder that we are going to have a baptism or probably a, probably a couple of baptisms at some point in the near future, we have not picked a date yet, but we have at least one and possibly at least one more uh, who, is, who are, is, are going to be baptized. We don't yet know the location. It might be in a hot tub. It might be in the river when it thaws. We will see how it goes. Um, so if, that, if this is something that, that is um, you know, twigging something in you and you say, I, I think I, I have to take that step. I want to hear or talk more about it. Be more than happy to, to dialogue with you. Please feel free to reach out about that. Hope Mission is asking us if we could join them for an Easter dinner, uh, serving the people whom they serve, so their guests, their clients, their families. Uh, we've done this quite a number of times, so you probably know the drill, but it has been a while since we've done it, and so they've extended that invitation to us. It will be on Friday, March 15th, and so there's a sign-up sheet that has gone out in the weekly email. Please feel free to sign up, whether for uh, providing a dessert or for coming to help serve. Uh, we would appreciate that. That would be great. Lastly, Hope Mission is also looking for some seniors uh, who will maybe once a month, once every six weeks or something like that, just come for a couple of hours after school and hang out with some kids as they do a craft. And so if that sounds like something you'd really enjoy doing, um, please reach out to them. And again, the information is in the weekly email. Okay. Please, let's pray. Lord, I give you thanks and praise for your word. What a gift to us. It's a mysterious gift at times. Some of it is hard to understand, but so much of it is clear and helpful, and especially so as you breathe on it. Would you breathe on it this morning so that it becomes clear and helpful to us where we are at? May your word glorify Jesus. May the preaching of your word and the receiving of your word glorify Jesus. May, may, may I speak in, in such a way that it blesses Jesus. And may those uh, listening hear in such a way that, that, um, that also blesses Jesus. This isn't about us, Lord. It's about you. I pray that everything that... Um, inadvertently comes for me would stay on the floor and in the room here and everything that is from you will go out and bear much fruit in good soil, good hearts. Lord, have your way during this time. I thank you so much for the book of John and for the ways that Jesus speaks right into where we are. I thank you for the gift of your spirit that not only makes your word come alive, but then continues to speak the words of Jesus to us. May we receive well that you would be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Please grab your final authority and open it up. Okay. We're going to John chapter 16. And I want to remind us of something that we have discussed before. It came out in, in detail um, back when we were covering the very beginning of chapter 15. Um, but we've said this a number of times. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Are you a branch? Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
Are you a branch? Yeah? Yeah, okay. You're a branch because you're connected to Jesus. You've, you've submitted your life to him. You say, I want to remain connected to him. Okay, so this passage, although Jesus was speaking to his 11 disciples at this point, because Judas is now gone, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches, but that applies to more than simply those first people who were hearing Jesus' words in person, right? Because you're a branch. Now, the passage that we are going to move into today has sometimes been used in the church to say that as the Holy Spirit continues to speak, that was only for those 11 people. And you can't make that argument if you are a branch. If Jesus is still saying to you, I'm the vine and you are the branches, because it's the same passage, Right? So as we, are, as we work our way through this passage, Jesus is not only speaking to those 11, he's continued, continuing to speak to us. That we would also, like them, be led by the Spirit and speak as the Spirit speaks. Okay, so let's read John 16, beginning at verse 15. Excuse me, John 16, beginning at verse 5. And we will read to verse 15. Jesus is speaking. He says, But now I am going to him, that's the Father, who sent me. And none of you asks, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, grief has filled your heart. He's just talked about how they're going to endure some of the same things he's had to endure. But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I am leaving. Which is still hard for us to believe. But it is worth embracing what he says here. It is to your advantage that I am leaving, for if I do, if I, excuse me, if I do not leave, the helper, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he, and he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. He will convict the world regarding sin because they do not believe in me. Pause there. The world rejected Jesus' words and Jesus' signs, and therefore it becomes sin to them. That's what he's saying here. The Holy Spirit will convict the world regarding righteousness because I am going to the Father and you are no longer going to see me. Pause there. He's saying that Jesus is about to die a criminal's death. So if... If someone whom the world crucified and judged to be guilty of crime goes directly to the Father, it shows that the world misjudged and that Jesus was righteous. That's what Jesus means here. Okay? Lastly, he will convict the world regarding judgment because the, the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you. Do you believe that? Jesus still has many more things to say to you and to me. But you cannot bear them at the present. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take from what is mine, and he will disclose it to you. 
Um, Jesus says, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. In other words, the, the Holy Spirit will take everything that belongs to Jesus and, and will actually continue to reveal it. Okay? He will glorify me, for he will take from what is mine and disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are now mine. This is why I said that he will take from what is mine and disclose it to you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I, I love our, some of our interesting language and, and liturgies. You know, I, I just said this is the word of the Lord. You knew how to respond. Last week I introduced a new one. I said, where do you find a cat with no legs, right? And you are going to pick this up and I am going to keep using it. The, the correct answer is right where you left it. And I will continue to think that's funny whether you do or not. That's part of my sixth sense of humor, I guess. Where do you find a cat with no legs? Right where you left it. You will embrace it. You will like it. We're picking up where we left this cat last week. We will touch on some of the things that we, we have been speaking on over the last number of weeks because all of these things come together. And, and they belong together. And the passage does continue and, and touch on what we have talked about. So if there are times where some of what we talk about here this morning feels incomplete, it's because I can't give the whole story all at once. So I would inc encourage you very much to go back and listen to some of those other messages so that you get the full message together. This passage touches on two main roles of the Spirit. They are conviction and then revelation. So let's touch on these quickly. I'm going to move quickly, and I'm going to try to finish early. Um, so if this feels quick or incomplete, my apologies, but it's part of what happens when you have kids in the service. Conviction. The Holy Spirit will convict. Now, we, we know and experience that sort of inner witness when, when the Spirit says, oh, that was out of line. Right? That was wrong. There, there is that, that experience, and I'm not denigrating that, um, but Jesus is speaking more about the Spirit's relationship to those who aren't currently his followers. Right? So that's, that's the focus of Jesus' words here. And the way that the world is going to come to experience the conviction of the Spirit is not because the world receives the Spirit, but because the world interacts with those who have the Spirit. The Spirit makes Jesus' followers like Jesus so that Jesus' mission, when he leaves, can continue into every part of the earth. And so the main role of Jesus' followers is to represent him by speaking and acting as Jesus continued, uh, as Jesus spoke and acted when um, going about his earthly ministry his followers will continue that. So when we, when we come to talking about how the Spirit will convict the world, the, the main way that it appears that Jesus, uh, what, what Jesus is thinking about as he says the Spirit is going to convict the world is by his followers speaking and acting like Jesus. And what that does is reveal where the world has gone wrong. All right? And that is in this passage, and we covered it a couple weeks ago, but let me just remind you of it, because it's only a few verses before this, verses 15, uh, chapter 15, verses 26 and 27. When the helper comes, 
whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, he will testify about me. And you will be testifying about me as well because you have been with me from the beginning. Our, our role is to speak and act as Jesus spoke and acted. And the world will respond to us in the same ways that the world responded to Jesus. And some will be convicted and say we will repent, and some will rise up against. And we covered that in previous weeks. The second role of the Spirit is revelation. More is promised. And we ought to, as loyal followers of Jesus, embrace the fact that the Spirit will continue to speak what is from Jesus to his people. More is promised. Not only by Jesus, but by the other scriptures. Joel 2 and Acts 2 say when the Holy Spirit comes on God's people, they will prophesy which means they will hear from the Lord and speak what they are hearing from the Lord. And it will be for all people, young, old, slaves, free people, without distinction. It, it's promised in Joel 2, Acts 2, that this, there will be further revelation comes from, uh, it's also uh, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and chapter 14, 1 Thessalonians 5, as well as other parts that mention that there are going to continue to be prophets. This is something that Jesus said would be necessary for his people to thrive and represent him well in a world that is antagonistic towards them. The Spirit would continue revealing and working the things that are Jesus uh, and about Jesus and from Jesus to his people. And the more that we embrace that, the more it will glorify God. In fact, Jesus says that very explicitly in this passage. Chapter 16, verse 14. He, the Spirit, will glorify me for he will take from what is mine and share it with you. He will disclose it to you. Now, remember I, I, I said at the very beginning, open your final authority? I am not saying that the Spirit will speak words that are in any way trumping Scripture. This is final authority, and this is what we use to measure any other word that comes. But this never promised that, and Jesus never promised, that there would not be additional revelation. In fact, it promises the opposite, and we should embrace it. So that is the role of the Spirit. So what is our role? Well, if the Spirit convicts, then our, our role should be repentance, right, that, that inner witness. That's why as we go into this period of Lent, we're going to ask the Lord, Lord, would you reveal the things where I am out of alignment with you? Now, we're particularly emphasizing to those at Unity, hey, take a look at where we went wrong in COVID. But Lent is a period of time where, where we prepare ourselves for Easter by, by making sure we're doing a deeper clean. So, Lord, would you, would you please speak to me about... Um, the, the things that come between me and you, and I'm not even aware of them, ask the Spirit to reveal these things to you. 
But then the second part of it is if, if there's not only conviction, but if there is ongoing revelation, then our role as spirit people is to receive and share the things that we hear from the Lord. So we are supposed to listen. And we are supposed to weigh what we think we are hearing from the Lord with one another. And we are to share them for the upbuilding of the other people in the room. In other words, that you might be strengthened and I might be strengthened by you. As you engage with the Lord and he speaks to you, as you, as you take a brother or sister to the Lord in prayer, and then he says, go this way. Share this thought. Have you thought about this? Share this with the church. Our church would actually be strengthened more the more that people will learn to listen, weigh, and share with others. So when the Lord speaks, we will learn to weigh. So I'm going to park there for a moment. Because this has been, we, we as a church have, have been um, engaging with what I've just shared long enough that this isn't new to most of you. But what I have noticed is still new to most of us is learning what to do when someone has shared what they believe they are hearing from the Lord. And so what I want to do is just walk through a couple of tests from Scripture that will help you in weighing whether or not something is from the Lord. Because Jesus promised this would happen, but it didn't come with an instruction manual. Or if it did, it, well, it did, but it's very big. So I'm going to break down a few things for us just to get us started. These are not complete. Um, it's not like you can just check all the boxes and then go, okay, this is. Or okay, that isn't. These, these are helpful guides. Right? The first one is, does it contradict Scripture? Because this is what we have decided is final authority, right? So if anything that someone shares with you or me and says, I think the Lord said this, if it contradicts scripture, we reject it, right? So, it, you know, to use a really silly example, if someone comes up to you and says, I think I'm supposed to marry your wife, that's not going to fly according to this, Right? So we, we just reject those things outright. I, um, as I've told you before, I, I'm doing this um, mentoring, that I, I'm receiving mentoring right now by this, this church, um, this group called Church Renewal. It's based out of Southland Church in Manitoba. The, the founder of this actually um, said in one of his sermons at one point, if you are not a person who is regularly in the word, I don't care what you think you are hearing from the Lord. And they have a huge emphasis on listening prayer. Huge. But it doesn't trump this. Now, we can have great conversations about where, where do we see uh, things that we think we are hearing from the Lord also in Scripture, but it had better fit. Okay. Second check. When someone says they think the Spirit is speaking, we ask, what's the fruit? And this is a check Jesus gave us. And so I want you to go to Matthew chapter 7 and see this one for yourself. 
Matthew 7, verse 15 and following. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. In other words, you won't know it by looking at them. You won't automatically be able to see, oh, that looks like a sheep, but actually it's a wolf. No, Jesus is saying that that disguise will fool you, so look at the fruit instead. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. It's a very helpful um, check. Is it, is it adequate? No, it's not adequate. Is it absolute? Well, you know, think about this, okay? Jeez, there are places in Scripture where, where God uses some people who don't have a really good character and not a lot of fruit. But it is a helpful, it, it's a help. It's one of the helps to us. I mean, think about the judges, right? How, how bad were a lot of them? And yet God still used them. So anyway, these aren't, these aren't absolutely knockdown proofs. It, they're, they're general things to help, okay? So does it contradict scripture? What is the fruit? Do you have two or three witnesses? Or is it just one person saying it by themselves? Okay, look at this one. Again, I want you to see this for yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. He's actually quoting the Old Testament here, but he says, on the testimony of two or three witnesses, everything will be confirmed. So is this just some lone ranger saying a word that no one else can confirm or back up or is hearing as well? If so, we put a big question mark beside it, right? Because every matter will be established on the basis of two or three witnesses. Grab your Bibles again and go to 1 John 4. The context is true prophets versus false prophets. Um, I'm only going to read one verse, though I encourage you to read this whole passage on your own. Speaking of false prophets, John says in verse 5, They are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. Is what someone is sharing with you something that the world would agree with? What's its origin? Okay, there are more tests. Okay, I've only given you the kind of what I I would consider the top four because it's easier to lay these out scripturally. There are tests like, does it give you peace? And the problem with that one in particular I have found is that it requires a high level of discernment to know when someone is experiencing anxiety, if that is actually from the spirit or if they are experiencing peace, is that from the spirit or not? It can be very hard to tell at times. 
Jesus did not appear to be experiencing a whole lot of peace in the Garden of Gethsemane, but he was certainly not outside of God's will, right? Jonah had a ton of peace as he was in outright rebellion at the bottom of the boat falling asleep while running from God. So yes, do use peace, but it, it does require discernment. So um, there, again, there are other checks as well. I do mention that one because it does tend to be one that is one of the first things people go to, but I think that there are some sort of higher level checks first. Um, it can be very good, and, and I'm not saying that it isn't. I'm saying that it does come with liability, and it does require a certain amount of sort of experience and testing to know when what you are experiencing is actually the Lord versus something that's just not, uh, is not sitting right with you because there's something undealt with in you, in me, right? That's just why I mentioned that one. Okay, so let's take our four tests and apply it to the prophetic word that was shared last week. And I don't have time to go over this. If you haven't been here, you didn't hear it online, you'll just have to go back and listen to that. So we're, t- we're talking about the whistle. Does it contradict scripture? I don't see how it does. But I am always open to that conversation. Is there fruit? The fruit of the whistle was confession, repentance, apology. So you tell me if there was fruit. Are there multiple witnesses? Well, it was not one person sharing it. In fact, we have probably more like five or six witnesses who heard multiple whistles, who, who have gone through repentance. So, so it, it is checking that box. Would the world agree You want to think carefully about that one. The point is that these are checks from Scripture that we apply to the things that we believe we are hearing from the Lord and sharing with others. They don't get shared if they don't pass the tests. Or if they do, we do it together, right? Because it is part of community, the testimony of two or three witnesses. I mean, 1 Corinthians 14 says, let one prophet speak and then let others weigh. It is supposed to be a community thing. And we will have community time to talk about what has been shared. We will, not this morning, at least not formally. Um, But we're going to have a time in a few weeks when we just have a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday evening and we say, we've shared this prophetic word with you but it creates questions, it creates unsettledness, it creates just confusion, but I want to know more. And for anyone who wants to know more, we'll have time to engage, okay? That in order that we all might help one another, because I need to hear from you just as much as you need to hear from me, okay? So the question is how to respond. We test, we weigh, then we obey. And in the case of that prophetic word, the first response is repentance and searching. So please enter into Lent saying, Lord, would you, would you speak to me about this? I will do what you say. I will engage. And, and both on our own, but then also in community. What I'd like to take a 
uh, a moment to do now is enter into a time of, of just silence where we ask the Lord to speak, not, not because I'm going to give someone a microphone at some point, but um, just to let, uh, just ourselves to practice the very passage we've just been hearing, okay? So let's pause and let's say, Lord, we've entered into your scriptures. We, what, what is it about what has been shared this morning that, that you want to plant in me, and would you make sure it finds good soil? So let's just take a moment to do that. I'm gonna give you probably two minutes, two or three minutes, we'll see. Lord, would you, would you speak to my brothers and sisters, to myself, that, that what your word says would find good soil now, and would you show us how to be responsible with it? Amen. Brothers and sisters, God trusts you enough to speak to you. God likes you enough to speak to you. Let us not forget that in the passage where it says that the Lord will continue speaking to his people, he has already established that I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. We are to enter into partnership with the Holy Spirit on the basis of the friendship that Jesus has extended to us. It's the Holy Spirit that actually manifests that friendship in our lives, produces it in us. And we, we should say, thank you, Lord, for that. Look at the dignity and the value that the Lord places on you, that he would put his spirit on you and continue engaging in meaningful conversation with his image bearers. That's you. You have great dignity, you have great value, and he trusts you to be his witnesses. And we do it together. And like I said, we know in part and we prophesy in part, Paul says. Therefore, it it is not simply the guy with the microphone. You You have a place in this as well. My part needs yours as much as you need mine. But I want to end with a question. Are you experiencing the advantage? Jesus says, it is to your advantage that I go away, because if I go away, I will send my spirit. Have you embraced and are you experiencing the advantage Jesus promised? Do we actually believe that it, that it is better for, for Ben today and for you today that the Spirit is inside than that Jesus is standing right next to. Do you actually believe that? I know it's hard, but the more that we lean into it and the more that we believe it, the more that we will experience the life that Jesus intended for his followers. So let me pray a blessing over you now. Let's pray. Lord, I bless your people with the advantage. I bless each one of us in growing in recognition, participation, interaction with the advantage, with the Holy Spirit, that you, Lord Jesus Christ, would be more and more real to us 
that the friendship that has been promised to us and the dignity that you give your people, I I bless these things and I, I thank you for them. I thank you that you see your people in ways that we do not when we look at ourselves. I thank you that each one here is an image bearer that, and that as branches we, we, we are connected to the vine and we say, Lord, may your life flow from Jesus to each one of us that we might represent you well. We want to represent you well in this world, Lord. So I bless my brothers and sisters with engagement and experience of the advantage of the Holy Spirit coming, speaking, convicting, guiding, in order that we might continue to be like Jesus more and more every day to represent him well in this world. I bless your work among us by your Spirit to the glory of God the Father and the praise of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Thanks for being here, friends. We'd appreciate your help putting back the chairs. If anyone would like prayer, uh, want to talk, more than happy to do that. I do think I heard the words heart attack. And if that's something that triggers something for you that you'd like prayer for or want to talk about, happy to do that. But also happy to chat and pray about anything that's on your mind. Bless you. Have a great week.